Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including She-Ra, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm April Collins, and today I'm joined by Michelle Onder. Hello. Sam Quattro. Hello. And Sarah Dolman. Hi. Today, myself, Michelle, Sam, and Sarah, wow, that's a mouthful, um, we'll be discussing the entire first season of She-Ra. Uh, don't worry, if you haven't seen the show yet, we're going to have a non-spoiler section, and then we'll be getting into all of the dirty details, um, though it's not dirty at all. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, before that, uh, you can find out more about this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Please also subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes or on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. So before I get your guys' initial thoughts, um, just to kind of give myself perspective and then, of course, all of our listeners, um, how like who has seen the old show? Have any of you seen the old show? No. 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 Nope. <laughs> cool. So Before we're all... our time. <laughs> so we're all, uh, I've watched the old show, but it's been so long that I couldn't tell you anything about it. So that's awesome. I'm kind of uh, that kind of makes me feel better because we're all kind of getting this super fresh perspective on the series. Um, so I love it. Um, that's great. Uh, so, Michelle, uh, tell me your initial non-spoiler thoughts about the show, or the entire season as a whole. I was very pleasantly surprised, and I say that being very hype ever since the first um, images and promo material for the show was released earlier this year. Um, it it was such a like nice breath of fresh air. It, it makes me feel kind of the way Steven does. In just that there are so many female characters, none of them feel like they have to represent like all of womanhood because they all have very differing personalities and a lot of them have different powers. And that's just really nice. You can just kind of pick and choose like, oh, like I identify with this person. Like, oh, that person's hilarious. I love how they take on certain situations. Um, I kind of I kept feeling like I I was feeling like this, a lot of this excitement that I was like, where have I felt this before? And I think like the best way to kind of encapsulate this is this is kind of how I felt the first time I watched Avatar The Last Airbender. Like all the adventuring, all the very strong character stuff, um, and the bonding and the relationships being so pivotal to the series. I think all those were really good ideas. And especially considering this is a show aimed at kids, like this is, this must be so fun for them. And that makes me really, really happy. So very, very strong um, for this first season. And I'm so, like, I can't imagine it's not going to get a second season. I'm just so excited for whatever's going to happen. Because I feel like this this season was really laying the foundation for a lot of things. So, like, who knows what they're going to do next. But it's going to be cool. Yo, I definitely agree. Uh, Sam, what were your initial non-spoiler thoughts for the entire season? I was also pleasantly surprised. I wasn't following the beginning news all that heavily. I was like, oh yeah, Shira, it's, it's coming. I'll, I'll get to it when it comes out. I don't need to coming. hype so much on it. And then I watched it like the first day and I was pretty blown away in terms of the characters. I think to elaborate a little bit more on what Michelle was saying, I think the show was a really good character show. 
storyline kind of formulaic, which isn't an issue at all. It's, it is what it is. But where it really shines is the characters. You have so many different kinds of people and they're funny, they're sad, they're mean, they're angry, they're joyful, they're playful. They're all really well-rounded, and I think that is the heart of the show, just getting to know Adora and getting to know Katra and Glimmer and Bo and just seeing what their lives are like. It's amazing. I love it. Awesome. Mm. Love it. Uh, Sarah, your initial non-spoiler thoughts? Yeah, really a lot of my thoughts echo what Sam and Michelle just said. I really, really, really loved this season. Um, I it was It's definitely, I would say, one of my favorites of the shows that have premiered this year um really like like you said before like you get such a strong sense of who these characters are they're all just so incredibly lovable even the flaw even in their flaws and there's such compelling relationships between the characters it's and like what i think is so strong about it is that it really allows the characters to be vulnerable and to face their insecurities um, cause like, I find that like a lot of times, like you don't really get that depth of complexity from characters, especially like in a first season when you're just getting to know them. And I think that this show was really successful in that. And also it was just so much fun to watch. Also gave me so many feelings. Um, so yeah, if you're looking for like a show that has really great characters, this is definitely one I would recommend. Awesome. Yeah. No, you guys, um, sort of mostly nailed my you know my initial thoughts on this series um pleasantly surprised that's like the biggest thing that I put down and I just think it's great that like both Michelle and Sam Sam said the exact same thing um uh, Michelle you talked about it being kind of like Steven Universe and it's funny because like I totally got that same sense um all of the characters just really stood out to me um I think that as a reboot, it was very successful um, in the fact that a lot of reboots sort of, um, they either pander too much to the original audience or they don't pander like at all. And I think this show found a really nice balance between the two of them. Um, I didn't feel lost, which I liked. Um, I, I do agree. <laughs> <laughs> like... Well, especially, like, with reboots, sometimes you can just feel yeah. so lost in, like, all of the old references that you're like, what even, like, I don't know what this show is. And so, um, I think that the show did a really good job at balancing that. Um, there was a lot of elements, you know, that they kept from you know, the original series, um, but then sort of, like, gave them their own spin. Um, the producer, uh, Noelle Stevenson, I think she just did an incredible job at taking that and, um, you know, turning, turning it into a, a kid's show. Um, but yeah, those are just my overall initial thoughts. Um, so at this point, um, we're going to be getting into all of the spoilers. Uh, so if you haven't seen the entire first season of the show, uh, spoilers ahead uh just stop go watch it come back we'll be here um the pause button works great i promise uh if you need help just message me but <laughs> but uh, but anyway so um 
at, you know, after that, is there anything that you wanted to add to your initial thoughts um, now that we're in the spoilers uh, section? Um, any specific details that you want to talk about? Um, we'll start with you, Sarah. Anything in particular as an overall first impression? You can give things away now. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, there wasn't a lot that I had to say, like, generally that was, like, specific to spoilers but like there's so many like themes that I really loved in in the in the season like so much about self-confidence and dealing with failure and self-blame and feeling ashamed and like it's the show isn't afraid to like get, get into those like difficult things with the characters and that meant a lot to me and I, I just really enjoyed it agreed um Michelle anything you'd like to add to your initial thoughts this, I mean, everyone has been saying this since the show dropped, but it's very gay. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's it very. Is. It's very nice to see that so normalized, and just uh, I'm sure we're gonna get into the Princess Prom episode at some point. Oh, for sure. But just seeing <laughs> them dance was so awesome, <laughs> and it like made my heart do things. I was like, oh, I haven't felt this way about something in a while. This is so exciting, and I love when shows can do that also just like i love Bo. Bo is- <laughs> he he and scorpia interestingly enough i think they're like the most devoted to friendship <laughs> if anyone else in this show and i love that that's like you get it on both sides Bo is like championing the good guys and scorpia the bad guys but they're both like so into friendship and Bo is just such a sweetie i guess <laughs> as the Sokka of the group but without being really sarcastic just being completely genuine and it's so good like I love I love him so I'm so glad he exists and (laughs) that that's all love it uh yeah no I I guess we can already tell who your favorite character is even though we haven't gotten into that yet (laughs) we'll we'll talk Scorpia and Glimmer Glimmer was a she surprised me. She was really remarkable. Yes. Oh, no, I agree. Um, Sam, anything else you'd like to add to your initial thoughts for the entirety of the season? I think we'll we'll get into it as we speak. Perfect. I can't <laughs> call anything specific Great at this mystery. point in time. Yeah. So, um, something for me, because um, if you know me, I love magical girl shows, obviously. <laughs> um, I think we all do. <laughs> um, so, I kind of want to talk about the show, kind of how it functions as, like, a magical girl show. Um, we obviously have transformation sequences, um, and for me, at least, like, uh, that's always something that takes away from a show for me. Did anyone feel that like the transformation sequences took away from the show? Did they add it? Were they appropriately used? Um, Michelle, we'll start with you. <laughs> so wait, when you say they take away for you, is it because like you get sick of seeing the same animation over yeah. and over? Oh, okay, that's fair. I'd say for this one, this is the first time I've seen a girl transformation that didn't feel gazy at all um, in a straight dude way. Like, it, <laughs> it feels epic. Like, the music feels epic. Like, when she brings her sword down, like, it just feels so cool. And, like, the word empowering is a buzzword that is thrown around a lot. Um, but it's very exciting and you focus on how strong she is and how cool she is and not 
that she's like a girly girl or anything. And I just love that. And again, it's like the first time I've seen that, especially with something that clearly draws from, you know, Sailor Moon and other magical girl things. I love that she feels so cool and just so powerful. It's really, really nice. No. So I liked it. I thought it was fun. That's good. Uh, Sam, any way you feel about those transformation sequences? Honestly, I barely noticed them. I like people keep like bringing them up, but I like bar- they barely registered to me. Not to say that they were bad. It was just like, oh, she's just transforming in the Shirots. It is what it is. It's part of the show. Just another like. 15-ish seconds out of my life, I guess. They were fine. I didn't think they <laughs> subtracted from anything. You know, it's all part of the lore for the honor of Rayskull, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah, how did how were these transformation sequences for you? Especially um, because I know that you watch Ladybug, and if anyone who <laughs> watches yeah, Ladybug I- is familiar with it, um, <laughs> like, half of the show is transformation sequences. So, Sarah... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I really didn't mind the transformation sequences. Like, I thought, you know, if they weren't in every single episode, um, and even when they were included, like, there was one time where we kept on being, like, interrupted by Bo just, like, freaking out about it. It was so great. <laughs> um, and also, I just get overwhelmed every time Shira's hair just, like, expands outward across the screen. It's just so <laughs> She just has so much hair. Where does it all come <laughs> from? <laughs> like, a nice transition sequence, too. I just, I just, I enjoy it. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, because uh, the biggest thing, I guess, with magical girl shows is the, you know, again, the transformation sequences. And I liked that um, none of them felt in- inappropriate. I think there was only like one and I was just like, are we doing a transformation sequence right now? But again, I'm kind of one of those people who like tires out on them super quick. Um, but it's kind of nice because I think there's like a five episode stretch where we don't even ha- like see it. It just kind of happens. And I, I love Love that. Um, but the biggest thing, I guess, uh, that I really want to talk about in terms of like this being like a magical girl show is the fact that we have the friend group, um, or and what it, they called themselves the best friend group, if I remember, or best friend squad, as named by Bo. Um, how oh. did you feel? <laughs> Bo oh. trademark. Bo trademark. Um, how did you feel about the sort of dynamic that? Um, went into Adora, Glimmer, and Bo as the best friend squad. Uh, Sam, we'll start with you. I thought it was nice. Friendship is always really important. And not a lot of shows, um, shows for kiddies do, but not a lot of shows that I personally watch emphasize on that. It's all about, oh my god, everybody has to be in love with each other and there's always there always <laughs> has to be sexual attention. And that isn't really the case with these three, and it's so refreshing to have that, to be like, oh yeah, these are just like a couple of buds hanging out and nobody's in love with each other. It's wonderful. I like that. I second that. Yay. <laughs> Yay! Yay platonic love. Need Yay. more of that. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Sarah, how how did you feel about the best friend squad? Would you join it? Um, like if only they would invite me into their best friend squad. <laughs> I, <would love. laughs> I love these three characters so much. Their dynamic is so wonderful. Um, 
like Glimmer and Bo are just like most aggressively supportive friends. It's just so, so aggressively and supportive. I, and, and yeah, no, I I I love it. That's good. Yeah, no, I thought that um having that sort of core group was really good. I liked that it was sort of um. I want, I'm going to use the word limited, but I don't mean it in a bad way that it was just the three of them. Um, for instance, like Sailor Moon, there's what, five of them. And that's just like, it almost feels like too many characters at a certain point. And I think it's, uh, in my opinion, better to just have, you know, just Adora and Glimmer and Bo. And we sort of focus on them throughout the majority of the episodes as they go on to their crazy adventures. Um, but would any of you, uh, say that Bo, because I know one of the things is that, um, with this show, there's very few male characters. Would you say that it took anything away having Bo as a male character and then also being in the best friend squad? No. I no, think it, it was, added. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. Honestly, like, the gender stuff didn't really come to the forefront of my mind. I maybe noticed, oh yeah, the only dudes on the show are really. Uh, Bo and Seahawk, and that's about it for, like, the good squad. And the bad squad kind of has a little bit more variety in terms of guys, gals, etc. But it, I don't think it takes away from anything. Do you think that the, um, and I guess we're kind of moving into, you know, talking about more of, like, the, like, female and feminist and queer representation in the show. Do you think that it, um, because a lot of the male characters that we did sort of explore the most, um, Bo and Seahawk pre- predominantly, they were a little bit more feminine in their, um, I guess their character element, I don't know, designs, uh, whatever. <laughs> um, do you, did you like that? Um, did you like, would you, is that something that you would want to see more of in shows? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, hell please. Yeah. Like, that's what I kind of meant by I was, when I was saying Bo's characterization adds to the show because it's not just saying, oh, if you're a girl, you can be any kind of person you want. It's also saying, boys, you also don't have this limit to this idea of what it means to be masculine or to be a boy. You can be all these different kinds of boys and that's okay. And I feel like it gives space for a lot of different kinds of ways of feeling about your gender in general across the board it definitely has more emphasis on girls but there's a place for boys in that too that's potentially just as subversive and i think that's really important because like you should support all sides there are all sides to this so i think it would have been a mistake to not have any boys at all because yeah it's important for them too so i the Bo's just really great. And, like, he's plenty masculine. Like, he is so good with a bow and arrow. Have you seen his body? Like, <laughs> he has nothing. Like, he, he is perfectly fine. He just also happens to be very sweet and love friendship and wear a midriff kind of outfit. All but, the time. And, yeah, Even his tuxedo. <laughs> I know. I like that he takes the, like, sash thing off. He's, like, much better. <laughs> My chest yeah, can breathe now. Cold. Yeah, then he, yeah. he gets cold later and he goes back for it to the coat room. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I um I think that was one of the things I guess um that I really enjoyed about Bo. Um, even as like part of the one of the main characters or in that core group, is that uh it 
it's it might sound terrible to say but I never figured out what his sexuality was and I loved that like I kind of liked being like on the fence about it and not that I really wanted to define it um I'm kind of glad that the show never really did and I got really worried in the um the princess prom episode when like Uh, glitter like got upset and I was like why are you upset and then they were just like I don't want like I want you to be friends with other people but I don't want you to not be friends with me and I was like oh my gosh my heart like oh <laughs> and I think that it was kind of um like I don't know, almost like brave or unique to kind of take that different turn. Cause I was very, very worried that it was going to be one of those things where like at some point Glimmer's like, but I really like Bo like that. And I would have like, right. I probably like, would have felt that. Yeah. It's yeah. because I love him and I never knew. <laughs> like we've seen that before and it, it just, it, it reinforces that idea that you can't, if you're attracted to the opposite sex and they're your friend that you can't not fall in love with them. And that's so not true. But we see it all the time. And the time. yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah. Like I have, a, I have a confession to make. I was <gasps> ha I was half paying attention, like at the very beginning. <laughs> and I saw Bo like sneak into Glimmer's room and I was like, Oh, are they dating? And I just kinda went on that for the next couple episodes. That's uh, okay. Anyway, keep going. That's fair. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I, I mean that it seems very like stereotypical to kind of fall back onto the like the like this is a guy and this is a girl and they're in love and blah 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 blah. Um, but also like props to the show for having so many just like like casually dropping like open like queer relationships throughout the show like i loved it my favorite one was like spinnerella and natasa at the end yeah like oh sweetie like can you yeah <laughs> you cast nets very well something like that <laughs> it's great that was good even like they had uh like it was just like so like nonchalant like yeah like scorpia i'll go to the prom with you like i loved like that whole like thing with Catra and Scorpia and poor Scorpia uh, like she she <laughs> loves Catra so much <laughs> she really it's so funny because again like Scorpia to me feels like the like she she reminds me a bit of Jasper but her personality is like the opposite because she's so <laughs> nice and so into being friends with people and so happy-go-lucky but she's a bad guy at the same time it's just wonderful I love her character so much Scorpio is my favorite yeah and like she's <laughs> this very huge very butch woman but she's so sweet even though she's like technically evil it's just there's so many layers here it's not stereotypical typical at all they so easily could have made her like this evil butch villain and they didn't and that she's so she's so enjoyable and that that's also wonderful i'm very happy about that decision i love uh my favorite part about scorpia especially in the prom episode is that she like you like you said she's very like sort of butch you know and she's like a strong character but then like she shows up in like this tiny like slinky dress and i was like oh god i know the dress montage was great she kept putting on like more and more frilly dresses but then she walks out in that black thing and it's like whoa (laughs) she's gonna break some hearts that prom she really she broke my heart because she ended up being evil (laughs) (laughs) 
And and continuing on, I guess the prom episode because I think that's like the biggest episode is uh, in terms of like all of like the like openness and everything because they just featured so many like same sex couples. But also, can we talk about the Adora and Catra like dance scene because that was like them yeah. fighting, but like put set to music and on the floor. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I guess I, I really kind of want to talk about the, the whole Adora and Catra, I guess, like, what, what is their relationship? Uh, Sarah, how, how did you feel about, Good like... luck, Sarah! <laughs> oh, you God. Out. Wait, wait, so wait, what was the question? <laughs> What's their relationship? How... What is their relationship? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well... I feel like I'm not the right person to ask this. <laughs> there are no wrong answers. No, okay, no. Yeah, there's no wrong answers. And, like, just, like, how how did you feel about their dynamic for, like, for the entirety of the series? Okay. So, like, I guess at the beginning, I was like, okay, like, they have such a great dynamic. And I was like, okay, yes. Like, this is, like, the ship, and I'm going to root for them. Um, and I, like, I sympathized a lot with with um Katra for feeling so upset about Adora leaving her. And it's been shown so well, even through all of like the strife um uh that they go through over the season that they care about each other like really deeply and they've been affected so strongly but also so differently from the like really harsh, terrible circumstances that they grew up in. But like and and definitely there is a possibility for romance that I could see there. But personally, I have a hard time shipping them because there is so much hurt and broken trust between them at this point. Uh, like, there's so much resentment from Katra's side. And, like, Adora doesn't really get where Katra's coming from. And, like, it's, you know, I think that, like, definitely the show could work to overcome that. It, it can it can make like a really compelling story. It's not something that I personally was like invested in in a romantic way, even though I cared a lot about their relationship, like especially that episode, the, the promise. Like that was such mm-hmm. an, a, an amazing mm-hmm. episode and it showed such great backstory to understanding um, their relationship and how and how Katra feels about how Adora was treated versus how she was treated. Anyway, I have a lot of complicated feelings about them. <laughs> but anyway, that kind of, that kind of like sums up generally where I'm at. Uh, Sam, how are you on the Adora-Katra dynamic that we see throughout the entirety of the season? So I, I am feeling it. Uh, you know, there is a lot <laughs> happening on that front. But I I do agree with Sarah. They're kind of not at the point where it would be obviously healthy considering they're on opposing sides and there's a lot of trust issues happening and a lot of resentment. And it's it's not the right time. It's really throwing us for the long game here in terms of that ship, if it will ever happen. But, you know, it's it's cute, you know, Katra sleeping in Adora's bed in the first episode and, like, the promise one. I can get behind it. You know, I've reblogged some fan art. It's all right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've reblogged some fan art. You I know, love my it. Tumblr it's a account. lot it's of fan all, art. I have some fan art of that. I'm pretty sure most of it is just Scorpia, though, because I love her. Oh, yeah, yes. I, I think, you know, <laughs> Adora and Katra, it's fine. Uh, we'll see where we're going next, because there's not, like, too, too much happening 
romance-wise, in terms of, like, the first season, not really too much space for it. Uh, and the impression that I'm getting is that, you know, everybody's just really broken harder right now, and there's no time to be kissing and making up when you're fighting, so... For sure. Michelle, Adora Catra, how you, how you feel about that relationship? I feel really bad for shipping him after what Sarah said, because that made so much sense. That's <laughs> the healthy way to look at this. <laughs> They're so not in a place objectively to get together, but, oh, uh, there's, I, I mean, I hope maybe like five seasons down the line. Five seasons, <laughs> all right. Yeah, Michelle's so calling good. it. <laughs> They're developing. It's hard. Like, I can't imagine knowing somebody most of my life and then falling in love with, like, that must take some time. Let's be real. You know them so long. It's hard to know sometimes what you're feeling. But I do think, like, and I agree with Sarah that the promise is probably one of the, like, best, if not the strongest episodes in the season. And that's because you get, you've been getting kind of this understanding of um Shira and Catra's dynamic the entire show especially in terms of oh it's Shadow Weaver yes and especially in terms of her because she did always treat Shira special as she did always kind of look down on Catra and think of her as a nuisance who wasn't really worth her time or wasn't capable of anything and it's not like, you know, Shira and her were both thrown into this situation where they were brainwashed, but Shira definitely kind of, for the most part, went along with this differential treatment and kind of just hoped Catcher would, you know, stay her friend and they get through it together, even though there was a clear, like, it was not an equal playing field for either of them. And I mean, that, I think that's one of the hugest issues in terms of them really becoming friends again. Like, if, if that, if Catra didn't have reason to turn against Shira and, well, um, uh, Adora, sorry, no against, worries. like, if, if there wasn't already, like, deep brooding resentment there, Adora making the decision to leave, um, wouldn't have been enough to break them apart to begin with. So there's clearly like a mm. lot of damage controlling to be done. And I don't think Adora honestly quite understands the extent of Katra's hurt. And, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. what she represented to her growing up. Like, and for Katra, I mean, she, she honestly has had to work twice as hard to get half as far up until Adora left and Catcher's doing objectively really, really well <laughs> in terms of her placement, um, in the group by the end of the season. And she had to work probably harder than Adora ever did to get there. So like, I feel for her. I feel for her so much. And her struggle, her struggle is very empathetic. And yeah, it, it sucks to feel like you're not the special one. It sucks to feel like you're worthless. It sucks to see your best friend always doing better and, and resenting them for that, but despite still loving them and, and having them be so close to you. Like in a way, maybe that can make it worse. And I just, I love that their relationship is so built up. And I love that we get so much background for Ketra and Adora. Um, 
And I like I I feel like I really hope Catra comes far, but like it 100% makes sense that she is where she is right now, and I love that the story took the time to really get into that because it makes her so much more of a compelling character. I like kind of care about Catra more than Adora just because I know Adora's gonna be fine. She's got (laughs) She-Ra. She's got this. So, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to keep my eyes peeled for what happens to Katra, and I won't chip them yet, but the dance was <laughs> very exciting, and they definitely have a lot of feelings and, and things that they need to work out. It's yeah. okay if you ship them, Michelle. <laughs> I want to feel morally okay with my choice. <laughs> you want to feel okay about shipping them? No, yeah, uh, yeah. no, I won't lie. Like at the beginning of the season, I totally shipped them too. I was just like, "Yes, give me Adora and Catra. Like, I need all of this." And like, I just like soaked in like all of those moments that they had with each other. Even like the little banter, like you know, Catra just like trying to bring Adora home. And even like a with Adora like struggling, you know, with the idea and kind of being resistant to that. Um, no, I totally shipped them at the beginning. And at, like after uh, what is it, uh, the promise? I was like, oh no, this ship is sunk. Like it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Be- specifically because their relationship, like it's so like you don't know what they are like they're best friends but they kind of like treat each other like sisters but then like you're kind of confused because you're you think like maybe they're in love because there's like small little lines like well I'll I'll admit I miss you when you admit you like me and it's like what am I supposed to take from that and so (laughs) like yeah like like, what are you trying to tell me about this relationship that I'm clearly not picking up on? Because it really is like, they're like flirtatious, but then you're kind, you're in your head, you're like, maybe they're just teasing each other like sisters do. It's so like crazy. And then I think, um, in the promise, they sort of like really like lay down the foundation of what their relationship was, what it's always kind of been. And then, um, where, like where it's at. And I think it like, super drives home for me because like at the end of the episode like Catra is literally cutting her ties to Adora whenever she's like hanging off the cliff and like her whole like I wrote down the entirety of the quote because I just like it I loved it so much where she says hey Adora it all makes sense now you're always the one holding me back you wanted me to think I needed you you wanted me to feel weak every hero needs a sidekick the thing is I've spent all this time hoping you'd come back to the horde one really you leaving was the best thing to ever happen to me I'm so much stronger than anyone ever thought I wonder what I would have been if I'd gotten rid of you sooner bye Adora I really am going to miss you like Wow. (laughs) It broke my heart. It broke my heart. It really did. Yeah. It like there, there's another like scene, like at the end of episode, I think it's seven, like that I, like I had that moment, but like, man, that like, like punched me in the face because I, because like they kind of like hint at that, that that's how like maybe Catra never really admitted it to herself, but like she was always Adora's sidekick because Adora was Mm -hmm. so like, put up on this pedestal that even like we like don't know where the pedestal came from like it it just was there that's what shadow weaver did to them and like even like in the scenes where like 
Shadow Weaver's like constantly berating Catra, like, you know, like the only reason why I keep you around is because Adora likes you. Like, Catra's existence has been so defined by Adora, and like I Yeah Yes. Like her her existence within the horde and and the um the fright zone was just like it circled around Adora. Like her her life what like revolved around her and you it's kind of like i don't know like her like cutting those ties i'm like i'm like good for you katra for realizing that you know maybe it's hard to call it an abusive relationship because adora wasn't necessarily doing it it's like the abuse was coming from a third party but it was because of adora so like props to katra for getting out of like what is was essentially like an abusive relationship at least in her eyes and i think it was them being locked inside of the what is it the ruins or whatever that like and they're sort of like glitching through, like, all of their past experiences together that took her to realize that. Like, I realize I just went on, like, a super huge rant about this. But, <laughs> but, <Good. laughs> but like, it, it, like, me, like, it's it spoke so much to me personally just because, like, I've been in an abusive relationship before. So, like, I know how that feels and, like, how, like, whenever you come to that realization, like, it's just so, like, it's, like, wonderful, and you feel so empowered. And that, again, like, kind of puts you, like, plays into, like, the entirety of the show because a lot of the time, like, there's very much, like, this theme of, like, empowering all of those people who don't belong. And it's, like, okay, like, Adora, like, got her power by getting out of the horde, and, like, Catcher got her power because Adora left. Like, it, it's just, it was, like, crazy for me. So... <laughs> But, like, and, like, that episode, like, uh, The Promise was the strongest episode of the entire season for me. I don't know if any of mm. you guys felt that way, but it definitely was for me. Um, yeah, S- sorry for my huge entire rant, but, <laughs> but it was, it's just, like, so, like, everyone, especially, like, going into the, the show, um, I kind of got the feeling that, like, everyone was just like, oh, yeah, like, the show is so gay, like, there's all, like, this queer representation, and Adora and Catra seem to be, like, the front line of that, but then whenever you get into the show, that's not what that is. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. (laughs) It's it's not just you. Yeah. But anyway, outside of my rant, um, yeah, it, is there anything else you guys want to sort of add to the whole Catra Adora thing before we kind of move on into more fun topics, I guess? <laughs> well, I'm not, I, I mean, if anyone else has anything to say about Catra and Adora, they can go before me. Um, but I have something to say about the, the ship that um, won over my heart in this show. <laughs> what is the ship that won your heart, Sarah? <laughs> okay, I feel like this may have, this should have gone in an earlier section, but I love Glimmer and Adora. <laughs> um, <laughs> their, their friendship is just, like, I mean, like, just the friendship alone is just so wonderful. They care about each other so freaking much. They would do anything for each other, like, when, like, when Glimmer escapes the capture and saves Adora from Shadow Weaver, I was like, oh my gosh, she's saving her. It's amazing. Um, and like, Adora is like so determined to help Glimmer when she's glitching. And, uh, and so I just think like, I love them because 
And this is why this is kind of like it, it kind of foils Catrodor to me a little bit in that like it's just it would be a relationship that's built on this basis of love and trust and honesty and understanding each other and being vulnerable too. like they're open, not afraid to be themselves with each other. Like from the very beginning, we have Glimmer opening up about how she was wrong and they did need Adora. And I thought that scene, it was in like an episode two. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, like look at their connection. It's so amazing. Plus, like there's just so many <laughs> great moments, like when Glimmer is taking care of Adora when she's like totally out of sorts in episode six. Um, and also in, I think, episode seven, when they're like snuggled up together in the hot springs, I was like, oh my God, yeah. it's so cute. I died. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Glimmer and Adora has like, it, I, I ship them a lot. <laughs> no, I think that's like, their relationship is so like positive and I think that's great because when you like you forget that at the beginning of the season they didn't like each other specifically Mm -hmm. because like I don't want to use the like well Adora was totally brainwashed but like Glimmer had like a better (laughs) idea of what was going on in the world so but like considering like they were at opposite ends and then like for them to kind of come together and come together like I hate when like relationships like friendships are very forced in shows but I don't feel that that was the case with these two it seemed very natural like they're both very loving characters um you know they're very positive characters they build each other up they build up the people around them um uh Glimmer you know has her thing with her mom and that's different but like between the two of them and then they're like they're building up Bo and all of that but no I think that's like if I if I had to jump on a ship, I'd jump on that one with you, Sarah. You can be the captain. Yay. We can sing sea shanties. <laughs> you steer the ship. <laughs> and I promise not to set on fire. Per- <laughs> Are you sure? Like, <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. Uh, does anyone else have anything they want to say before we move into, I guess, lighter topics? Um. I, I again, I just want to reiterate, like, the show did such a great job with like relationships and like all of its representation. Um, I think the feminism in the show is great. Um, and one thing I did want to bring up is that I loved that He-Man wasn't in the show, um, which was something that, like, after the fact, I read, like, a lot of people were upset about that. Um, were Why? Any... It's a He-Man <laughs> show! It's not the He-Man <laughs> show! <laughs> yeah, who cares about He-Man? Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing his own thing. (laughs) Exactly. Like, this is why we have our um, She-Ra best friend group here. Um, But but no, like, and even, like, the producer herself, she is just like, yeah, in this version of, like, she literally quoted, she's like, in this version of things, we don't touch on him. Like, She-Ra's her own hero, and we'll set that up first. And I was like, yes, I love this. Uh, Like, (laughs) um, but... (laughs) Um, moving on, so, um, who, we already know Michelle's favorite character was Bo, um, (laughs) it's a three-way tie between (laughs) Bo, um, Glimmer, and Scorpia. Scorpia? Uh, Mm three-way tie, perfect. Three-way tie. Um, which one of them would you say best describes you? Glimmer, and that's why (laughs) Glimmer's objectively, like, the (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, can we just talk about Glimmer for a second? She 
she's feisty, she's hot-headed, she hasn't gotten control of her powers, she's constantly battling her mom being concerned about her safety, which, like, when you're a teenager, I guess is pretty relatable, right? Yeah, but she's still, like, leading an army, she's still in charge of this whole kingdom, and that she's she's been able to take on so much in 13 episodes, it's really impressive, and she's, at the same time, she's a very solid friend, she checks in with Adora very consistently, whenever Adora's feeling really down, she and Bo are always, like, there to boost her back up and give her the confidence she needs to move forward. She's such a team player, but she's such a standout, and her design is so cute! And she's just (laughs) such a cute character, but she's, like, got that fiery spirit at the same time. I just, she's so down-to-earth and so likable, and I just love her. She's (laughs) definitely a standout this season. Bo's great, too. <laughs> I agree 100%. Love Glimmer. And I I know I I know who Glimmer was. I knew she was a thing and I'd seen like some really wacky old animation from the show. It really confused me. But um like somebody had like this weird monkey butterfly. Yes. I don't know. It was <laughs> I didn't know what to make of that. But Glimmer, I knew nothing about her and then she came and just like Oh, she, like, stole the show so many times. She's just so, she like, there's just so much life in her. And she feels like such a real, complicated, quirky person without it feeling tropey. And that's hard to do. And I feel like a lot of the characters balance that well. Uh, Sam, favorite character? Or least Scorpia. favorite Scorpia. Scorpia. Scorpia <laughs> is my favorite. Yeah. I, Why is she? I'm so in love with her. She's just, we touched on it earlier. She's just big and fun, and she's evil, but, like, she's good. She's not on the right side here, but hopefully she'll eventually get there. She's just really pure-hearted, and everything that I strive to be. (laughs) Uh Everything I strive to be in a person, except for the part where I affiliate myself with uh, evil faction. But it's not her (laughs) fault. Her family did it. It's not. She didn't directly do that. Anyway, yes. Yeah, she very casually mentions that, like, the Horde just, like, jacked her whole kingdom, so they gave over their precious stone. (laughs) She's like, yeah, now it belongs to them. It's all cool. It's like, no, they kind of invaded you and took over. She's so so innocent. Like, I think that's one of the things that, like, makes her, like, truly great. Like, her, she's, it's. She's not naive, but she's very innocent, and I love it. It's like, and I, I get like why her family did whatever it did because like it was probably in their best interest. Like, look at her; she's like commanding armies and like invading. And yeah, maybe like that's not the most ideal situation, but at least you're not dead. So she does it well, yeah, yeah, she does it well, and she gets to she got to meet Catra. Like, I'm so happy for her. She loves. <laughs> she <Yeah>. loves. <laughs> Now that's the ship, Catra and that's Scorpia. A, that's, yes. a, that's a good ship. Catra needs to look that. over and see what she had all along. Exactly. Like when they went to the princess prom, I was like, "Wow, Amazing. they made a good couple. They did. They looked very cute together." My favorite mm-hmm. was whenever um, uh, Scorpia is with Entrapta. And she's like talking about Catra, and then Trapped is like, yeah. "You've already, you've already told me this already." And she like plays <laughs> it back on them for tape recorder. That's so true. Like, I love how excited she is about their friendship. Like it just, it warms yeah. my heart so much. 
<laughs> um, Sarah, favorite character or least favorite character? <laughs> well, I my favorite character is also Glimmer. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. back and like really really agreed with everything that Michelle said, but I also want to share my thoughts to her because I just love her so much. Um, I just thought she was such a dynamic character. Like she stood out right away. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I love. Like she's so emotionally expressive. She's kind of dramatic at times. Uh, she's assertive in just an incredibly endearing way, and she has such a big heart. Like she loves her friends so much. Um, and I think, you know, I really like the sort of the struggles that she, I really, well, you know, like there's so many struggles that she goes through that resonate a lot, like dealing with failure and wanting to be taken seriously. Like, you know, she wa- really wants her mom to see her as capable and she wants to prove herself. And then, you know, when she fails, she gets glitched and she learns how to deal with that failure. And she ends up having such like a wonderful heart to heart with her mom and yeah, no, I really, I really love Glimmer. And yeah, I, I feel like she is me also as a person. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, no, I, I think Glimmer is the most relatable character because <laughs> yes. like, I'm relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's like, you know, she's like that sort of rebellious teen and we all kind of like, like she's rebellious, but she's still like super happy and like loving. And I think, yeah, glimmer. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, glimmer. Yeah, glimmer. No, like I, it's, it's funny because I put her down as one of my favorite characters too. <laughs> so I'm like, God, everybody you, just loves glimmer. I thought she was fine. I, I wouldn't call good. her my least favorite, but she's nice. That's good. Who is your least favorite, Sam? Uh, probably Seahawk. <laughs> Seahawk or uh, Entrapta. Uh, no! Oh, I love Entrapta, though. Uh, I love, okay, so I, I love I her voice her. and how, like, she's too deep into science, like, half the time and doesn't pay attention to anything else in her yeah. hair. Hand. I just I don't really like that archetype of character. It's not really my thing. Just like the the OP science nerd who can do everything. That's where is the struggle in that really? There, there or, is uh, no struggle. <laughs> I wasn't too much a fan of Shadow Weaver either, but she's like she's Shadow Weaver. She's shadows. She does. She does her best. She did. She did what she could, and that's all that we could have asked for. <laughs> um, no, I think that Entrapta was my least favorite character too. I'm so sorry. Yeah, she just. <laughs> right. Why do you? Why do you not like Entrapta? So <laughs> I didn't like her because I, it really bothered me that they used her as a tool to like set up the I guess the climax of the season and it was like like she's so smart but yet she's so naive and like I don't I don't like that sort of trope of a character um one that's just like I'm so into science that I can't even see what I'm doing even though like like I just I didn't I didn't enjoy that I think that 
like I wish we would have developed the some of the other princesses just a little bit more because I was like mm-hmm. okay yeah like I get it like technology is powerful and all of this stuff but like did you see Perfuma take people out with plants because I thought that was kind of interesting or like the fact that like Frosto like all we got from her was that she was 11 and that's very cool it's true yeah like I like I wish we would have gotten more out of Frosta and so I felt that like like we like explored her we explored and trapped her without really exploring her if that makes any kind of sense like she was given so much screen time just to like end up being like she's not even like evil she's like super neutral like she's just literally just doing it for science she's but, like a contractor yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's the contractor just blinded by science all the time every day yeah i just yeah that's fair I, I i that that type of character just doesn't like appeal to me like i thought that the other well and like mermista was very like snarky meh. yeah like <laughs> <laughs> like, she was very mad for me, and, like, my least favorite part was that, um, so the voice actress for her, she's in, uh, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes! And oh. so, like, I can appreciate whenever, like, I don't necessarily recognize your voice, even though I know who you are. And so, my least favorite part was whenever I was, like, watching the final episode, and she comes on the screen, and my my husband was watching the the episodes with me and he goes huh that sounds like so-and-so from crazy ex-girlfriend and I was like oh why did you have to say that like I was bad at him but then I was like mad (laughs) because same exact feeling yeah because I was just like oh like it's like you you didn't do anything extra you literally just went in there and read some lines and then yeah, it, walked away like, it, it really just sounds like her character from crazy extra yeah <laughs> and like oh I was man like, when like her episode came i was like huh i wonder why this person sounds just like heather from crazy ex-girlfriend i looked it up i was like oh it is her which you know i'm a fan of i love crazy ex-girlfriend it's airing tonight as we speak. I'm going to watch here. it a little bit later when <laughs> it goes up on the CW.com. But yeah, I, I, I'm always a fan of seeing voice actors that I know from other unexpected places and being like, Oh, I stand you. You're nice. <laughs> um, okay. So we talked about any other characters you want to talk about while we're talking about them. I think we all agreed. We don't like Seahawk. Um, He's not he's really not good at that. He's not that bad. He's not that bad. He has permission to bring him down a peg or two when he gets kind of <laughs> extra about adventures and ships and stuff. I will I say, know. I was very mad when they, in the 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 last episode they set a they set a boat on fire and threw it at. <laughs> it. I was like, we had to do that, didn't we? Like. <laughs> Oh, he was kind of endearing to like I didn't want to like him. I mean at the beginning of his episode I was like, Ugh, like he's so annoying, I'm so glad that everybody's just dragging him through the mud. And then like, you know, he started talking about how like he started like bonding with Glimmer and, and I don't know. I just I, I, I was like, you know what? You won me over a little bit, Seahawk. I hate to admit it. <laughs> but I think he I, did. I think I would have liked him more if he had bonded with Bo. <laughs> 
Oh, and they, he did Bonnie time. Bow. Like, they, like, sang a song together at the end. They did! They great. sang a song. They sang a, a, a Jonty song. They sang, <laughs> um, yeah. I am Seahawk, I am, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, favorite characters, least favorite, uh, favorite episode of the season? Uh, Sam? Ah. Hold on. Go to somebody else. <laughs> Michelle, Sarah. what was your Sarah? What was oh, your favorite episode? <laughs> um, I mean, it, it was really hard for me to pick a favorite episode because I just really enjoyed pretty much all of them. Like, like the promise is so strong, and um, what was like the princess prom? But like, okay, the one that I wanted to highlight just because I feel like it is probably underrated, but I just loved it was episode seven in the shadows of Mysticor. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was such a fun episode. Like, like, like what I said before with like Glimmer and Bo, like being aggressively trying to help Adora just relax. And I just find that hilarious. <laughs> um, and then and that Adora just does not know how to relax at all. <laughs> it was so good. And she doesn't know what an ant is. I love that. But it was also like really powerful. It was like one of the first ones where I was like, wow. That was really great. Like, because there was the whole thing about like Shadow Weaver kind of and those voices following her around, and they kind of forced Adora to face some of her biggest insecurities. Like, like Glimmer coming to her room and being like, Oh, I can't believe you did this, and you should just leave. And how that kind of ties into her like insecurities about like, you know, not being uh, like good enough, uh, you know, like she's failed at helping them out. And then also like there was like, I think it was Lord Hordak's voice going around the room, like telling like, you know, she's failing as a leader in the rebellion. And I just, I thought it was a really great moment for Adora, which I don't think we've really talked about her very much. Um, but I thought that was a really great um, episode for Adora. And that she stands up for herself at the end, like fights, Shadow Weaver, so it's like, this is who I am. Like, you can't tell me that I'm not good enough because I'm gonna do what I want. And yeah, I liked it. No, I'm, it's a very yeah. compelling case for that episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like my, it's like tied for second or third for me. But Michelle, what's your favorite episode? Before I go into another huge rant, <laughs> no, I'll just say the promise, even though we've already gone into this so much. It's just it, it's contextualized. Adora and Catra's relationship growing up so much and, and laid bare kind of where they stand now, where, what they'll need to overcome in the future to have Emily's semblance of, you know, peace with each other. And it was just very satisfying and eye opening at the same time. And it makes me appreciate Catra even more, even though she was great from the beginning. Now I just have a lot more empathy for her struggle. Sam, favorite episode. Uh- Sorry about earlier. Uh, I also have to say The Promise. I'm a really big fan of the sorts of episodes that trap two characters together and they have to just figure stuff out. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Mm. Like I'm really into that whole character development and really looking into the psyche of different characters. And that's why I liked it. I like smaller episodes like that. Yeah, the promise is definitely uh it, it it's like the best episode of the season for me. 
Um, I'm not going to talk about that one. I like that one because that's like the Catra episode, in my opinion. Yeah. And like, and at the end of it, like, I really was like, I'm like, I understand you're evil now, Catra, but I'm really rooting for you. Like, I want you. you. (laughs) (laughs) But then it, it like, uh, and, you know, like, I already talked about, you know, like, her sort of severing the ties of, like, an abusive relationship. Um, but so for episode seven, which is another one of my favorites, um, that's kind of Adora's episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Because, um, like, we have, like, we're really kind of getting to see here. Like, it, they're not, like, trying to recruit people. Like, she's dealing with, like, I guess a social situation. She doesn't know how to relax because she's never relaxed. She did, like, as evident earlier in the season when she doesn't even know what a party is. Um, So sad. Uh, R.I.P. But, like... But then, like, we kind of have, like, it's like her past is kind of haunting her and following her around, even in this place where that's supposed to be, like, relaxing, it's supposed to be neutral ground sort of territory. Um, But then, like, she cuts the ties with Shadow Weaver, who was essentially her, like, mom figure, and... um, like, she just has, like, a really great line where she's, like, you're bitter you're and cruel and you used me. You hurt my friends and now you'll pay. Like, her just standing up for herself. Um, again, it kind of, like, goes along with Catra's, like, character development, too, because, um, even though this is early in their season, but, like, it, she's, you know, it's someone that she trusted all her life. And then she has to, like, and not even that, but, like, like, it doesn't seem necessarily that Shadow Weaver, even though she put her up on a pedestal, she didn't, like, take her seriously almost. I don't know, like, the best way to describe that, but, like, the one thing that is, like, is Shadow Weaver tells her, like, you are nothing without me, you are weak, and she's like, no, I'm not, like, I'm She-Ra, like, I've got all this power. (laughs) (laughs) And, And then, um, you know, just, like, her just standing up for herself, like, oh my goodness, I, like, I love that so much, because I, like, Again, someone who's been there, like, it's so easy to fall back into the old ways and to just believe, like, terrible things about yourself that you're weak and, like, you'll never survive without me. And then for her to just be like, no, like, this is me. You're bitter. You're cruel. You suck. And I'm going to take you down. Like, I loved that. Um, That's, like, again, one of my favorite episodes of the season. Um, Any episodes that you could have really, really done without? Uh, Sarah? Now that I can think of off the top of my head, I, yeah, no, I, I, I thought every episode had its good points. Um, Michelle, any episode you could have done without? Well, I, okay. like, I, I was thinking about this when I was watching, and even though I wish there were more than 13 episodes, just because I, I really, I'm really enjoying this show, um, there was no episode that felt like they were killing time or that you took it out and nothing substantial would have happened to further the main story along. And I really, really appreciate that because you do get this sense that there is actual progression happening. It's building towards an actual concrete thing. Um, so yeah, I, there wasn't an episode there that, that I felt like, oh man, like here's another one recruiting a princess. Cause like, I liked all the princesses. I liked getting to meet them in their different locations and seeing their personalities come out. Like that was really, that was, a really enjoyable part of the season, getting to know all of them. So, yeah, I I agree with Sarah. I don't think there's anything that felt like, oh man, got got a slug through these 22 minutes. Like it was it was <laughs> time. Sam, any episodes you could have done without? Honestly, again, nothing is really coming to mind. I think it's the sort of way that you binge things, 
and everything just blurs together so much that I can't really think too much about like what the different episodes even were half of the time, unless I specifically went through and saw the summaries. Uh, I would say that, you know, the first two, the two-parter stuff, even though it was like our setup, eh, it could have been a little bit better. And like the horse one could have been a little bit better, but (laughs) they were all good. I mean, we are really in the stride of the 13-episode animation season, and, you know, a lot of things are just getting really uh, streamlined to fit that episode order. And to make things, you know, the most story, the better in that allotted episode amount. And I think Shira does it best. I'm going to be the devil's advocate, apparently. (laughs) 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 Because uh, it's funny that you guys mentioned all of, like, the recruitment episodes, because I thought those were all of, like, the weakest episodes, in my opinion. Um, Simply because, like, they were super formulaic, and, like, each one, like, I kind of, like... They blurred together, and I don't think it was because, like, I was binging it. Because I think it was simply because they were all sort of the same. It's like, we're introducing you to, like, this princess, and here's her home, and this is kind of how they live their lives. And they all have that very, like, we can fend for ourselves, and then something bad happens. And then they're like, oh, no, we need the help of others. We will join you. And then, like, that's the episode. And I sort of, like, grew very bored of it. And I think that's another reason why, like, I really enjoyed episode seven, because we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, look at this. This is different. Like, um, and again, like, I, you know, coming out of shows like Ladybug, that's like, again, if you if you've never seen Ladybug, like, the first season, every episode is exactly the same. Um, oh, yeah. Spoilers. So. <laughs> Why spoilers it's really hard anyway. for me to watch. Yeah. And so it's really hard. Like, like if you, like, have ever experienced that, then you can kind of understand. And it's hard for you to watch. Then that's how, like, those episodes were hard for me to, to watch. Um, And, again, it was very, like... Like, it was, it seemed, like, very glossed over. I kind of wish that we kind of got, would have gotten to, like, I loved all of the princesses. I just wish we could have gotten to know them all more. And that kind of goes into my rant with Entrapta because, like, that's my least favorite of the princesses. And she got more screen time out of anyone besides Glimmer and Adora. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was just so tired of it. <laughs> and so, and then her episode was the last one. And I was like, thank, like, when it was over, I was like, thank goodness this is done because, like, I can't, I can't do with this. Like, I was like, okay, we've gotten through, like, we checkmarked the princesses off. Perfect. Like, we've done this. Like, now we can move on. Um, but, I, I mean, I understand laying out the foundation that way. Um, I, 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 just because they were weak doesn't mean I didn't necessarily enjoy them. Um, and I think it really helped, like, sort of lay out the foundation, like, the foundation of the story, like, where everyone was kind of coming from, and then why we wanted or needed them to join us um, later on in the season, especially when everyone comes together in the end. Like, even though you saw that coming from a mile away, I still thought it was very powerful. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, any other episodes that you do don't want to talk about? Uh, Sam, Michelle, Sarah, any one of you, I'll take it. <laughs> you know, okay, so, let's see. I think Entrapta's recruitment episode was definitely the weakest of that bunch of, inc- of recruitment episodes. 
probably to do with my general eh, on That's chapter. Yeah. I don't know, because it, it was just, it went straight into it. It didn't really follow the formula that we were just complaining. Yeah! At first, I will say, I thought that her chefs were, in, like, prisoners. Yeah, in the yeah, yeah. I don't know why it was framed so creepy. Like, they <laughs> leave the room, and they were so unnerved by the robots. I'm like, oh, someone take over and force you to bake cupcakes all the time? Tiny cupcakes. Tiny cupcakes. <laughs> That's yeah, right. so I thought it was gonna be like a villain or something to like break the mold, but no, it's just entrapped and got her shades of rope. <laughs> just trapped a deep sigh from Sam. And I sigh. like go on Tumblr while listening to it and don't really pay attention. Yeah, that was like the one of I actually had to watch that episode over because I was so disinterested in it. And then it, it which is also like terrible because I feel like it has like it's supposed to have a really, really good message because you kind of get that sense that they're like, uh, what is it? Like, Bo says something at the end. He's like, the rebellion needs regular people too. And like, they're all like the kitchen knights, the bakery brigade or the pastry patrol. I think we're all of the names he came up for like the three like chefs. And I was like, wow, that's like a really good message. This episode was terrible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> both things can be true. <laughs> Like I like I just felt so bad for the episode in that regard because I was like this one has a really great message like you don't have to be like uh because that's something that like we kind of like talk about and explore with Bo is because he he's not a princess he doesn't have magic powers and he's just like I don't know what role I play in the rebellion other than like hanging out with you guys and then like he has an episode and it's it's the weakest one and i just it drove me crazy because i felt so bad for him Bo, you you deserve better like <laughs> i hope you get your your like just desserts huh um in the second season <laughs> miniature just desserts <laughs> miniature just desserts <laughs> Um, is there anything else that any one of you guys wanted to talk about um, before I ask you what your hopes and dreams are for the second season? Because the it has been given the green light. It just hasn't. <gasps> quote, Wait, unquote, when? Um, I think it was like a couple of days ago. It was given okay. the green light, but it hasn't been ordered. So they've already okay. like told them to start. I know. Right. I'm like, okay. if you, yeah. So they've already told them that they can start production. Um, but Netflix hasn't necessarily said, like, yes, we want those episodes. So, but I think given, like, this first, like, season, I can't imagine that they're not, like, it's not going to be, like, official. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, Maybe hope- just thinking how many episodes they might give them for season two, and if that's a different number than season one, maybe... I think I I honestly I was surprised by the 13. I thought it was going to be 10 and then oh. yeah, and then someone corrected me and they were like no April it's 13 and I'm like are you sure? Like 13 episodes that's such a like strange number. Um because normally like Netflix if they're if a season is super long, like if it has 26 or 25 episodes, then they'll dump them in like 13 like 13 episode chunks or like 12 episode chunks. And so I was like, but this is the entire first season, right? Like, mm-hmm. and normally if it's like an entire season, it's usually like 10. So I was like, 13 is so strange. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but, 
But yeah, so uh, Sam, hopes, dreams for the second season. Hopes and dreams for the second season. Well, obviously, Katra is gonna, like, mess everything up and try to take over the world again. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. She's so know. eager. She's, She's so hungry. She's command now. Yeah. I'm sure that the, the gang will find out that Entrapped is alive. Uh, oh, hopefully, yeah. Scorpio will, like, you know, keep being herself. Maybe Scorpio will, def- will deflect and go. <gasps> Catra mm-hmm. needs her though. I know, but like, unconditional that's how, love. That's how we get Catra to the good side. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Catra and Scorpia are okay. Here's my thing: they plus Entrapta are probably going to go over to the good side at some point in the future. Don't know whether or not it'll mm-hmm. be next season or not. But then, um, what's her face? The other girl who is like training with them. She's going to take over. Oh. Uh, the, uh, and not Lucas. Not yeah. Lucas. Oh, wait, not not Lucas. Not, not, not the lizard. Kyle, and not, Kyle. not the not Kyle. Uh, the, the not Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> but but she's gonna take over and be uh whatever the guy's name's like right hand, and then she'll try to take over the world, and it'll be up to everybody to stop them, and it'll be a nice you know Avatar scenario where you know everything is banding together to stop the forces of evil. And yeah, that that's my hopes, dreams, predictions for the show. Uh, I don't really have any thoughts romance-wise. How old are these characters, by the way? I don't know. So they're supposed to be they're supposed to be like seventeen, eighteen. Because okay. I I I looked it up and found it in an interview that uh, Noel Stevenson did. Um, it, it was somewhere out there on the internet because I was very curious, especially because I, I do remember that in the original see the series, they were like, t- they were like mid twenties. Yeah. They so, look like 30. That explains that. Cause their bodies were all like super developed. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but like, yeah. And it, it was a, it was a really interesting article to kind of read because she said that she did that on purpose and she got a little bit of backlash for it because they wanted her to keep super close to the original. And she's like, yeah, but you're, you want this to be for like young girls. And I think right. that's going to be the best like age range, especially because like at 17 and cause a lot of the characters um, are go- kind of going through this, like, where do I fit into this? Like, how do I belong sort of scenario? And that's kind of one of, like, what everyone goes through at 17 and 18. And so it's the most relatable, like, time point that, that anyone could go through. And I was like, huh, that's clever. You smart, Noelle. So <laughs> Find that male gaze. <laughs> Aim for the young teen girls. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Hope Streams prediction, Sarah. Um, I don't, I don't know if I have any predictions. I definitely, you know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just excited, you know, for more Shira. Like, like whatever, whatever comes my way, I'm really excited about it. Um, of course, I would love to see more of Glimmer and Adora, um, their relationship in any way. Um, and like, I, and I want to see. You know, hopefully, maybe not next season, but in the future, like, Catra and Adora, like, coming to work through all of that really difficult stuff that they've been through and those, like, difficult things that they have between each other. Like, I would love to see them work through that at some point, because I think it would 
I think it would be really great. No, I agree. I think that uh, if they don't work through it, then that would be like a huge <laughs> loss for the show. Yeah. Like, I would be frustrated, like, if we didn't have, like, Catra and Adora, like, hatching out whatever their relationship is at some point. It's the I would... heart of the show. It is. Because if you really want to get Adora, you get her at the heart. Um, Michelle, Hope Streams predictions <laughs> for the second I... season. I I hope and predict that now that the princesses are all more or less together, they'll start expanding their adventures to take on more ambitious missions. Like, maybe they even leave their world. Maybe their <gasps> world's okay. And Aliens. travel. And so then we get to see all the different princesses in different situations. And they play off each other more. And they all bond and their personalities come out. Because some of them we only saw for, like, a hot second. Like, the, the couple at the end, we don't really know anything about them. We, like, know their powers. It's kind of it. I'd like to and learn super more gay. about them. And they're super and gay. They're so super two, gay. two things. Two more. <laughs> but I want to know more. So I hope that happens. I hope they have more adventures all as a group and how that's going to change kind of the dynamic of the show now that it's not just, you know, Adora, Glimmer, and Bo kind of doing their own thing as a three group. Uh, I definitely want to see Katra just explore more. I think Katra needs to get to a point where she's doing things not just to prove to to Adora that she's also really powerful and can blaze her own trail, but like more for herself and to have some kind of goal that doesn't involve Adora at all. I don't think she's there yet and she probably won't be there by the end of next season, but that's like a, a long-term hope I have for her, for her own well-being. Um, I want to see more Scorpia. I want yes. Scorpia <laughs> to make more evil friends and bring them to the fold of the horde. Just yeah, I think I think Sam's right that um they're gonna have to find out that Entrapta wasn't killed at some point. And I don't I honestly like when when the like door closes on Entrapta when they're trying to make the escape, I didn't read that as oh she's definitely dead. I'm like, oh she's behind the door, she got captured. Of course she's gonna go back. And everyone was so serious and like, wait, did she really die? And I actually kind of believed that she was dead for a while. It's like, whoa, like there were some stakes. It, it didn't really translate that she died, but I'll believe it. And then hide and like, oh, okay, yeah, like maybe they can't kill people yet. Kids. I was gonna say they took like the very like cartoon way to like they show someone's did. dead. They're yeah. either already dead or th- someone has to tell you later that they're dead. Like, and you don't get that at all. No, I felt the same way about that. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was the same. Like, I, I, I was like, I was like, no, she's not, I, I not, not for one second did I think she was dead. And then, like, when they're like, she's gone, like, she's dead. It's like, and I was like, 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 I was, like what happened? What? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> oh, there was one thing I also wanted to add about what I hope. I hope we get more, like, bow-centric episodes where we get yes. to know him more because like yeah he, like he's just so precious and so funny and just such a joy to watch but i feel like he in terms of like story he didn't really stand out in any of the episodes in that sense does bow have a family like what's going like is he just Can an we orphan? Meet his family I would love to meet his family. Yes! How did he get to... <gasps> yes! Yeah. Like, so is that his thing? Who knows? <sighs> okay. So, my biggest thing... 
<laughs> just to like play off everyone is I just want more character development. Like the show did character development so well that I want it. I want it for I want more of it, and I want it with more characters. Like I want more Bo. I want more Glimmer. I want more Scorpia. Um, I could do without Entrapta, but I guess we need <laughs> we need everyone to know that she's alive. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we just hate sure. Entrapta. <laughs> <laughs> The summary of this podcast is that Bo is awesome, Glimmer is awesome, Catra is great, Adora is also wonderful. I like. I feel bad. Like I want more Adora development. I feel like she's suffering. Um. So if you've ever watched Mysticons, the oh I can't even think of the main character. Arcana. Arcana. Yes. Oh no. So, That's how bad it is. We can't remember her name. Yes. <laughs> So, Arcana, who was the main character of the show, had zero character development throughout the vast, like, there was 40 episodes, and we maybe started to really explore her, like, at 35 episodes in. Um, it was really, really bad. And so, I feel bad because I love so many more characters more than I love Adora. And I'm like, she's the main character. Like, she is She-Ra, and, like... I'm rooting for her main opponent, Catra. Like, what is happening here? So I want, I want to love Adora more in the future. That's what I hope. And I have a weird analogy here. So it's kind of like how in Mean Girls, Lindsay Lohan's character is kind of, you know, you don't really care about her that much. You care more about Regina George or Genesee Ian or something. People or who Glenn like, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> People who have a little bit more personality that that are that's more than just oh a fish out of water you know learning the ropes having a mission etc. Um, with Joe's characters are always good to like place yourself into and sort of relate to in terms mm-hmm. of having I wouldn't say like a blank slate but having somebody that you know people can look at and say hey. This character shares a lot of general good traits. I am a generally good person. I relate to that. That makes me connect to the show more. Yeah. Well yeah. put. I can talk a little, I want to talk a little bit in defense of Adora. Like I, 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 like, I kind of agree that she does sort of suffer a bit from like sort of being that main character that's not as like, characterized in a sense but like and and i agree with what sam said is that like she is made to be really relatable and i sort of tried to figure out like what is like adora's story and like you know and i think this came out a lot you know as we talked about in episode seven but like she was raised by the horde and told like what to do what to think and she got all this praise growing up from shadow weaver and so she's she's always thought of herself as being like she's good at being a horde soldier and then she's thrown into um this new situation where she's got to be shira and she and and a lot of people can relate to that about sort of you know being raised to think a certain way do certain thing and it's hard to sort of step out of that path. And I, over the season, we kind of see her go through that journey of exploring, like, what does it mean to follow your own path rather than the one that's laid out for you? Um, and it's also okay to feel like when you're doing that, you have no idea what you're doing. And like, that's sort of what she was feeling at early episodes. And she starts to come into her own. And, you know, there's going to be people who try to pull you back as you go. 
Um, but, you know, I think she does sort of come into her own as the season goes and become more confident in herself. And, you know, even though she isn't as sort of standout character wise as some of the other characters, I do think that she does have uh, at least a relatable path in the show. I think I that's fair. Yeah. yeah, I think so as well. And I think that was very well put, Sarah, because, um, you know, you, you're right. Like, she's made to be super relatable. And unfortunately, it's hard to make a character super relatable and have them, f- like, fleshed out at the same time. Because mm-hmm. as you flesh out the character, you start to sort of isolate people who are watching the show, um, you know, and you sort of leave other people behind. And so, you know, I... I I understand more now. Um, so I, I still want her to be a little bit more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. But I hope that w- as we do that, we don't, like, alienate anybody or anyone who, you know, is a fan, you know, enjoys the show or anything like that. Because that's where you tend to some where a show can tend to lose its viewers is and its followers is because they make the main character unrelatable. And so when you no longer feel that connection to that character, like you're no longer invested. Like I, I can't tell you how many shows, like I watched like the first three or four or five episodes and I couldn't relate to the character at all. Um, therefore they drove me crazy and I couldn't watch that show and I stopped watching and I just abandoned it. And so I, yeah, I think you like you, put it beautifully Sarah like as <laughs> defending Adora so I applaud you <laughs> for, well, for, for making me feel bad <laughs> no, no. there's there's one thing I'd want to add I do in again I didn't know much about the original show I thought Shiro was just one person no but Adora is her own person Shira is a persona that she puts on to use to fight but yeah. I think that's a pretty interesting distinction because there, and I was a little worried that it would become this thing where Adora would have this little mini arc where she's like, I'm only useful when I'm She-Ra and She-Ra makes me better. But like, she doesn't really think about She-Ra as herself. She only ever gets frustrated about She-Ra when she's like, well, this is what She-Ra's for. And if I can't use her for this, but good is she at all? But she doesn't think of herself quite the same way. Like she's able to divorce herself from that persona and mm-hmm. I like that that's a choice that the show made because I, I am more interested in Adora than I am in Shira right now because there's so much we just don't know about Shira. There's like a little mythos that's been built up, but they went to great pains to not really tell us a lot about it or to tell Adora much about what's going on yet. So that's kind of all up in the air. But Adora herself is just like way more interesting to me. I, yeah, and also like what I what sorry no go ahead uh, okay what I really liked was you know even you know she's trying to sort of standing against what you no know, Shadow Weaver wants her to do, but she's also kind of stands up against Light Hope um, because you know Light Hope saying like you have to let go of you know your personal connections to people to be Shira and she doesn't want to do that and I think that's also a really great testament to how she's how committed she is to doing what like her heart wants rather than what other people tell her to do. Another um, something that I do remember about uh, like the original series too, is that um, in the original series, 
Adora and She-Ra, like, it was like the secret identity thing. So, like, something bad would be happening, and Adora would be like, oh my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom. Oh and my gosh. And then she'd, like, she run away. Man. Not even, and it I, I do remember this, and this is another reason why secret identities drive me crazy, and I'm so glad the show didn't do that. Because, like, it would be so blatantly obvious. She would literally be like, oh, I have to go check my hair. And they're like, okay. And then she'd, like, run away, and then, like, She-Ra would come, and they'd be like, hey, where's Adora? And She-Ra would be like, Adora is safe. I'm here to save everyone. Like, like, oh my God. Like, it was one of, like, it was one of those, like, super frustrating things. And I'm glad that, like, we don't, we're not doing that. And I think that it's, it's nice that we're going to be able to explore Adora as she accepts herself as She-Ra as well. Like, she's accepting herself and then also accepting herself as She-Ra. Like, Mm -hmm. And becoming, like, comfortable in who she is when she's She-Ra. Because we do kind of get that um, a little bit in the beginning where she's just like, well, they only like me because I'm She-Ra. And even, like, in the, like, in a later episode in the prom one, she's like, well, I'm only invited because I'm, like, because of She-Ra. So mm-hmm. we, I think I think that's something that we may, even though we didn't explore it too much this season, I have a feeling we may, like, get more into it in the second season, especially if they do, you know, like, wander out um, more so into the world, meet new princesses, all of this stuff. Um, I think that'll be something that is going to be presented to us, and I couldn't imagine it not being, like, that an internal struggle for Adora later on. Yeah, that's true. Like mm-hmm. if she gets more and more comfortable with her sheer persona, how does she go back to just being Adora mm-hmm. and having that kind of separated personhood? That's a really good point. That would be very interesting to see develop. Yeah, no, that like that. I think that would be like they they set that up very well, especially by not having the secret identity because I think this the secret identity bit, uh, yeah, like really messes with that, and then you don't get that like super like in-depth like character development of course i love character development i don't know if you guys notice this but (laughs) like um because if i can't invest in characters then like there's no point in me watching the show but like i think that by not doing that like we we're we have an opportunity to do that and if they don't do that i think i would be like severely disappointed like if we don't ever address like adora being she-ra like and how she feels about that kind of situation. Because we kind of get it like uh, like her and her having that existential crisis. Like, I want her to have an existential crisis because we all need it at some point. <laughs> That's <is> true. <laughs> but yeah, um, anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? I just have a very closing thought about the Princess Prom episode. This is a small moment, but it's important. So when Bo finally tracks Glimmer down, he's like, why are you being so weird? What's going on? And she tells him the whole thing. She's like, well, like I, I want you to have other friends. Like, I love you. But also, it makes me really insecure because I'm afraid you won't want to hang out with me anymore because you have all these other cool options. And Bo doesn't really just let her off the hook with that. What he says is like, well, like, I'm sorry you feel that way. But it's not fair to take that out on me and punish me for that and how you feel. And I was just kind of like, whoa. This is, it Bo, was a very Bo adult has a conversation. very good sense of his own boundaries, and I applaud him for that. 
That was, I just, I think that's a good life lesson for people to take away in general. And it's true. You can't just go around hurting people because you're hurt and not explain why and just like jerk them around. And good for you, Bo, for recognizing that right off the bat. Good lesson. Very good lesson. I agree. I did make note of that conversation. One, because Mm -hmm. like of that point, but also because, um, it's like the most honest conversation I think I've ever seen in a television show. Like Glimmer says exactly what's wrong with her and why she's mad at Bo. And then Bo immediately says like, that's not fair, like to take it out on me. And then Glimmer's like, she almost has like that realization too, where she's like, you were right. I I was not right of me. And I'm like, wow, like, look at how quickly this conflict was resolved. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not even upset about it. Like, <laughs> I'm just impressed more than anything. <laughs> so, um, but, um, we've, uh, hit a huge, we've been here for it like an hour and plus. So um, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So uh, we can, of course, uh, you can find out more about this podcast at overlyanimated.com. If you want to continue this discussion with us, please join us on our discord to text chat about um, this show and any other shows that we cover. Um, we've mentioned a few of them, Ladybug, um, Mysticons, even though it's over some other shows such as like Rick and Morty, so on and so forth. There's so many um, find us at overlyanimated.com slash discord. You can also support us via Patreon at patreon.com slash overly animated. Thanks to all of our current patrons. It's, patrons especially our patron of the podcast beatrice aka beatrix cavendish and thanks as always to our patron executive producers john ryan steve alex and hugh thanks you guys for listening um this has been super fun um talking about this i can't tell you if we're gonna have any other she-ra podcasts bring it up with us at disc in the discord we're always there we're always <laughs> talking um but until next time uh we'll see you then bye 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 bye, bye.